0: three four me and my friends do sinister things and that's because we're cynical beings and we're living in a house and we're chilling upstairs and we're doing a podcast Impaired.
1: hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of impaired upstairs
0: how are we doing we're doing good awesome just just good cody uh, we're doing well you don't have anything Sorry. else to talk about um, No, not not on this episode Way no.
2: to just throw him on the spot right there <laughs> <laughs> I know, just get right into it <laughs> You may be
0: wondering,
1: who was that mysterious fellow talking? Today we've got Cody, Brady, Ryan, and our special guest, Brian Christian Hey guys,
2: how's hey. everything going today? Welcome up. It's going good, Brian
1: Awesome, alright We'll right. have to emphasize the B uh, when, we, yeah. when, we, when we refer to each other Yeah, it might get a little bit confusing with Brian and Ryan eh. Yep Alright, so Brian, (laughs) Brian,
2: what's got you excited lately? You know what, I'm going to have to start off with wrestling, one of my favorite things. We just started off, uh, well, we're halfway through high school sports right now, and yeah, I am assistant coach up there with uh, Dylan Snavely, and Rob Gale is the head coach, it's awesome, love those guys. Right on,
1: sounds good. And with that, we'll get into Band of
0: the Week band of the week
3: right off the bat band what do the we have for band of the week cody
0: gord bamford so uh gord was born in australia and raised in alberta canada and he makes uh some really good country music he has a lot of awards like there was like a long list of uh nominations and awards won from the uh country music awards
2: he has one that kind of slides under the radar but he, he has some good songs
0: yeah yeah as uh a phenomenal voice you know really it's really good um like traditional country music it's
1: you, you know what I want to say Is it's nice to have A little bit of Northern representation From our country music Because so often You hear about Just good old boys From south Down south And so it's good to get You know get, <laughs> Yeah Get somebody from Way up north I mean yeah, I guess is. He was in Australia And then Born. Canada So it, it kind of it Balances kinda, yeah. itself out A little yeah. bit
3: But you know you know <laughs> Mr. <Mister> Worldwide Yeah <laughs> So Brian So you, you kind of brought You kind of brought Gord up as, yeah. the, as the band of the week What are your favorite Tracks by him?
2: Um, he, he has a couple ones actually i really like this uh song it's the father's prayer by him the whole thing is just um he he just talks about a father's prayer for his child and whatnot it's you gotta look into it there's a it's a very meaningful song
3: very nice really really like wholesome real thoughtful lyrics and right
2: yeah so this would
1: be like something that he's praying to it like to god for his son is that kind
2: of the general? Yeah, it's his father's prayer about how he wants his kid to be uh, brought up and whatnot. Know that, uh, that no matter what happens, his father always loves him. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right on. That's that's good stuff. Very nice. And now that we're on the topic
1: of super wholesome things, uh, drink of the week. Drink of drink the yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: we're drinking Modelo's this week.
1: Yeah, g- good old Mexican beer. Yep. Um,
0: you we know, were, we were out of lime, so I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, it's just not the
1: same without lime. I mean, right. there is something about a Mexican beer with a lime on a nice hot sunny day, which we don't get enough of around here. But you know, it's just it's it, it's very refreshing, and you can. Drink it like, I mean, it's almost water, so.
2: You know, it's kind of funny you bring that up because uh, the first time I had Modelo's was in a nice, warm, sunny day, and I was out building a fence for a coworker and he brought us uh, uh medellos and it's funny cuz i actually helped that coworker move out of his house yesterday and uh filled my truck up with the last bit of his stuff today to hang on to s- some Aww. stuff for him so now we're nice. circling back into yeah. mile 10 <laughs> that's crazy yeah. Yeah. what are the chances wow.
1: of that right kismet
3: right there <laughs> one one thing that's interesting about mexican beer they usually come in a clear glass bottle mm-hmm. and uh they usually kind of have like if you drink a corona they have kind of almost like a kind of a skunky kind of weird taste to them yeah and that's because of the way, apparently, it has something to do with the clear glass. Uh, the brown glass keeps light out of beer in a certain oh, way. Yeah, yeah right. And, and the clear glass, apparently, it adds to that kind of different flavor that a lot of Mexican beers have. Interesting. Medello um, and Corona, I guess, being examples. I don't know what kind of
2: skunky corona you're getting though. I mean, I <laughs> No, it just, it just doesn't taste <laughs> it doesn't
3: No, they're good. It's, it's 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 hard to describe, but it tastes, you know, it has a different kind of taste than any beer you get in a brown bottle or like yeah. Coors Light or sure. something. Yeah. No, you're
2: yeah. definitely right about and that. It has
3: something I guess something to do with the glass. Huh. A beer well, connoisseur guy told me that. I'm well, taking his word.
1: Wow. You
2: you've got some cool friends. Wow. I've cool. actually heard of that before and and you are right. Yeah, it's um yeah.
3: I don't know exactly how that works, but uh. Apparently that's that's why.
2: Cool. Well, and if you notice, a, a beer out of a bottle tastes better than a can any day of the week. Absolutely. Every every little bit to that beer makes it change that much more.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like it's it's uh, it's good to have like a variation. Like you can do a Guinness, but then I do a Guinness draft where it's like straight out of the wall. Then that's going to be better than a can, a can too. So you But know. then again,
2: you're usually pouring that into another glass.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Very true. Yeah. Glass is very unreactive, where I imagine if you're doing a can, you might be leaching some, like, can material, like aluminum or And there's whatever. a chemist in them.
2: Uh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Goes out of the chemistry. Uh, out your chemistry. Uh,
0: that's true. Uh, anyway. It's got a band on that says heavy metals, and it's got, uh, I can't name those Iron, chemicals. lead,
3: and zinc. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and good and job, chill. Ryan. And there Know your periodic table
2: a little
1: bit, shirt. yeah. You know while We've got weird. the
2: chemist here. We're gonna have to the beer of the week in a couple months. Here should be the beer you make. Oh, yeah. actually, speaking I've of got cool. a beer brewing kit. We can oh, get this going.
1: We've Look. got some mead brewing right now. Actually, yeah. it's uh, ready to go in bottles. So. You tried some of that mead, Brian? I have not. It's yeah.
3: interesting. It's it's good.
1: We'll okay. have to we'll have to pull some for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Um so you're talking about wrestling. You're a wrestling guy, huh? Yeah. Why don't you give us a little bit of your background with wrestling?
2: Well, my background I started in 8th grade with the first year they started the middle school program up here. It was kind of funny at first. I I mean, I didn't think it was I was like, "Ah, I kind of pushed it off of something uh I was kind of gay, but <laughs> <laughs> not going to lie. But um, uh, yeah, my older brother did it and he really got me into it. Next thing you know, I went off to college and wrestled out there. Uh, first year back into Port Angeles, uh, Rob Gale called me up and wanted me to be a assistant coach for him. Loved it ever since. Love that guy.
1: Good stuff Right on Yeah And uh, you you actually wrestled in college Is that right?
2: Yeah Out there in Iowa Cornell College
1: Which is I mean Iowa guys That's a different kind of tough
2: Yeah No I, I gotta say That was my, one of my favorite things Is wrestling down in Carver Stadium uh, Duel against the Iowa Hawkeyes Oh wow! How,
1: I bet I bet that was a good experience. Like even if you got pounded on, like it, <laughs> I imagine it was a good experience just to be like, oh, th- these guys, yeah, these guys know what they're doing. It, it was
2: a lot of fun, and their coaches out there. Let me tell you, their coaches are insane. You have to be a special kind of crazy to be a wrestler, let alone at that level, and mm-hmm. a coach for that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they are the, the most crazy man I've ever seen mm-hmm. before.
1: Yeah. Who's the Who's the current coach for the Hawkeyes?
2: Uh, I believe it's still the Brands brothers. Okay, yeah, th- those two—they're uh, just animals. Yeah, they're animals, and they—they they get their—they get their wrestlers to buy into that level of crazy. Yeah, right, and and it brings them to a whole new level, it boosts it's, the morale. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. There's something to be said about having like having an influence like that that's just on a different level of crazy where it, it forces you to rise up to that level.
2: Right. Well, and they get, when you get a whole group of guys to buy into one thing, mm-hmm. it becomes a brotherhood, and if one of your brothers are slacking, they, they'll literally go over there and slap them, and they'll let them know. And then you just you keep picking each other up to where you're the cream of the crop at the top of the game. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's that's good stuff.
2: Strength in numbers. Exactly.
3: Uh, If you don't mind me asking, what brought you to Iowa for college all the way out to Iowa? Uh,
2: Well, one thing is, uh, my brother uh, wrestled for University of Dubuque, uh, about 70 miles north of where I was, and um, there was really no in-state college wrestling in Washington out here. So I knew I was going out of state, and why why not go somewhere where my brother is? At least I knew one person in that state.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There you go as far as wrestling goes in Washington, I think there's only one college left. Is Highline still even do they're, they're more of a club. Oh, okay. They're more of a club. Yeah. From so, my understanding. So there's really not a whole lot of wrestling left in Washington, which is, you know, I mean, we can talk about a little bit about title nine and all that. And it, it's done, it's done a decent bit of damage to the sport, which
2: I, I, I you know, I'm going to don't mind me cutting in here yeah, on you. No, go for title it. nine was a, was a great thing. Um, but I felt like it, gave the teeth to the administration to cut other sports mm-hmm. it gave them the teeth to cut out wrestling instead of do what that title nine was meant to do and give money uh towards women's sports right exactly. so it was misrepresented so i don't want to up here and slam on title nine of trying to get no. women into athletes right it, it just was uh, it's a classic case of it was good on paper but it did not work out
1: Right, like the the intention was, well, let's let's give more money to women's sports. But what actually kind of ended up happening is men's sports got cut a little and bit. The money's so. got to come from somewhere, right? Well, right. and yeah.
2: wrestling is predominantly men, especially. Well, it's it, we're having a, the biggest boost in women ever across the nation in wrestling. Yeah, that's it's right. It's the number one growing sport for women right now, um, but. But, you know, five, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that wasn't the case. And so they just, oh, well, we'll get rid of this one program. And there, we have less men, and it makes it more equal for the money with women.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's kind of, it kind of sucks when there's, there's stuff that has unintended consequences and it ends up impacting things in ways you can't even picture, you know, things that have the best intentions. Sometimes it just uh, doesn't pan out quite the way you're expecting. And I think that's something that we always have to take into account when we're making big, big changes with anything. You know, there's always going to be some sort of impact that you don't really expect. And yeah, you just, uh, it is what it is, I suppose, you know?
0: Yeah. Well said. So, uh, did you do other s- other sports in like high school and middle school?
2: Yeah, I mean, I uh, in middle sc- or actually in middle school and high school, I played uh, football. I love that. I had one heck of a coach. I got you, Coach Uranek. That, oh, that yeah. guy, oh, he brought us together, man. So uh, f- uh, for a while there, I was a lion, and man, he got that brotherhood going. Yeah. T- to this day, we still talk.
0: So yeah. good. So what brings you back to wrestling? Why? Why not uh, football or another great sport? question?
2: That is a great question. for For me, wrestling was um, it. It just kind of became my life. That personality, where it um, it it was not necessarily all about me. It's the greatest team sport, but it's the greatest individual. Because if we go back to like a tournament, I'm. It's only me out there on the mat. It's it's all on me. It's the work I put in is what I get out of it. I'm not relying on the quarterback to make me to throw that ball to my right. hands. It, it's whatever, I, whatever work I put in, I'm going to get out of it. But then it's the greatest team sport because there's, in high school, there's 14, line, there's 14 weight classes, and you have to win every, up to, up and down that lineup. Right. I, it's not just on me to win that duel. Right, everyone has to put in the work. Exactly.
3: There's, it doesn't seem like there's many sports that relies that much on your individual effort. Right.
2: But when you're, when you're coming down to it, it's your individual effort, but you need that whole team to step up, Right, mm-hmm. that's where I feel you get that yeah. brotherhood most. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah that's well right. said.
2: Well said.
3: Very nice. Uh, uh, what else when you were over in Iowa for college? Um other than your wrestling what else were you involved in what did you study?
2: Well, I uh I got a degree in kinesiology. I I'm like two classes short of a mathematics major. If I go back and finish that, I'd need one more class for a computer science minor. Oh, very wow. nice. Yeah. Um I actually had a job over there head of student athlete work study. Oh, okay. Uh Yeah. No, I it was weird cuz I I didn't even work for the school. I uh, my transmission went out in my car, the clutch. I uh, uh, fixed that in the high school parking lot. I told the AD, <laughs> he goes, Ryan, this is one of those cases, once you get it apart, they can't do anything, so uh, it's better to ask for forgiveness and go do it. <laughs> <laughs> then I came back and said, I need, I need money to make it back to Washington. That's a lot of gas there, Haas. and He was like, oh, well, anybody who can do that can come work for me. Awesome. Saw the work ethic in the car and said, how does this sound? I'm like, wait, you're going from not even working to the to the chief up there. Wow, yeah. love wow. it. That's yeah. awesome. Wow,
1: that that shows a lot of like drive, and uh, that that's amazing that he saw that you took that kind of initiative, and he was willing to reward that. You know, that doesn't always happen. Right.
2: Well, it was also kind of funny because uh, I had the cop stop up at me when I was uh, in the middle of taking apart the car yeah you gotta oh, pull the
3: transmission yeah. in, like in, you had to pull the transmission in the parking lot, yeah yeah like it was just a
2: clutch a replacement, but it was funny cause, uh I you know it was springtime in Iowa, probably seven degrees out, so I had a beer, and uh I was like, oh, hide this real quick and <laughs> coming yeah. <to> <laughs> and uh they're like, hey, uh, what's going on here? And I kind of told them I was fixing my car and they look at me, excuse me, do you go to school here? I go, yeah why Why do you ask? I had to show them the paperwork. They go, Oh, usually college kids don't know how to work on vehicles. I guess have a good day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love it. How how did you how did you learn about fixing cars in the first place? Is that like Ooh family stuff or just uh being around small town like working on trucks and you know
2: yeah, that's uh that's that's kind of a very complicated question there because <laughs> i've always had one of those minds i love taking things apart no matter what it is i love taking it apart and getting it back together see how it works and see how it t- uh clicks and then uh you know growing up my family didn't have too much money and we always we didn't want to take it to the mechanic so we always fixed it on the farm and yep kind of learned half through my old man half of doing my own thing and if i don't know i you just start researching little youtube here and there
1: exactly yep
2: oh i can do that i know how to take that apart i've done that before oh
1: that's easy i love it and speaking of the farm you're, you're a farm boy
2: yeah i love the farm life can't lie about that
1: yeah and so what kind of animals did you grow up raising
2: well grew up we had the uh well, we had a nice little pond. There's always ducks out there, but uh, and fish. But we had, you know, dogs, cats, sheep, goats. We had a llama for a while. At one point, we had like 200 sheep on the farm.
1: Whoa. I didn't yeah. know that. Wow! Yeah. You had a
2: wow. That's crazy. Well, when you when you uh, when you have like you know 50 to 60 head of uh, ewes and they all have twins, <laughs> it exponentially increases your <laughs> farm. Rate. Yeah, adds up really quick. Now were those mostly uh,
1: meat sheep, or for were you getting them for wool, or yeah, just just
2: pets? M- mainly food. Yeah, mainly. Food. Yeah,
1: yeah. We just uh, got a bunch of chickens uh, turned into freezer meat recently, so that was that'll cool. happen. Yeah, quite yeah. quite the process.
2: Usually before they turned into freezer meat at our farm, we'd get a cougar or a coyote uh, uh, and start yeah. one of those problems. We had rabbits forever until they started. We, so It's kind of funny. My old man had, uh, we had four of them. Thought mm-hmm. they were all male. Apparently one of them was a female. Next thing you know, we had just <laughs> dozens oh, yeah. all around the place. They burrowed underneath the barn, started tearing up um, everything. Um, and one at a time, they were going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Farm life is, uh, it's an interesting thing, you it's know. A lot it's, of work. It's, it is a lot of work, and it's, uh, but I think it's good because it connects you to, like, it connects you to your food and it connects you to, like, to nature. Yeah. To yeah. Just, you get a different perspective on things than growing up in apartment in an apartment, and it teaches and, you a
2: lot of responsibilities and yeah, and how to take care of something because you want to give them a good life. You don't want your animal sitting there in pain and learn how to take care of them. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, yeah, speaking of that, like. Would you say that growing up on a farm shaped you a lot, or is that? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, most yeah.
2: definitely. There was, I mean, it. Re- a lot of it's the the drive to get up every morning because you know sheep give birth at the most inconvenient time. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be two in the morning, ah, and you have to get yeah. out there and help out the the ewe and uh, about to give birth, and you can't just slack off on that one.
1: Yeah, I've been out there with the cows many a night pulling. and
2: you know, the, it usually, I mean, I I wasn't raised in an apartment, but I had I was in a dorm room for four years and over there in Iowa. And the biggest thing I had to worry about was who was walking down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and I didn't. My door was locked, so I didn't have to go worry about it. Yeah. How did
3: you How did you feel about that? Did you Did you like the change of pace, or did it kind of feel out of place, not being where you were used to?
2: Uh, You know, I definitely like having my own space, but for a while there, it was nice because, like like I said, you had your own sense of brotherhood. You got to know everyone on the hall, and you'd greet each other as you passed, and they were all people our age, all did the same kind of stuff. We were all athletes, and so we all had that certain respect for each other.
1: Gotcha. So that sounds like your – was your dorm uh – like uh like I went to UW and we had you could like put in to get in a specific dorm to be with a certain like type of people. So they had like an engineering dorm and it just had like all engine people that were engineering majors and were gonna become engineers. So was that kind of the same deal?
2: Uh no not really. There was one dorm that was all freshmen though. And then there was one dorm that you Pretty much, uh, uh, excuse me here, but they they classified it as a nor- the nerd dorm, where oh. they they would just set up all their. I think video you're saying ga- something say worse than that. No, they they, <laughs> yeah. they were just all setting up their video games, and that's all they did. They would set, stay up till three in the morning playing video games, and no one ever cared because that's nice. that's where they were. And then we had a uh, there was one dorm, which is where I happened to be, that allowed alcohol. Ah. Oh
4: interesting, yeah.
1: interesting. Huh. so Very most of the dorms didn't allow alcohol. nope
2: only that one
1: interesting yeah that's weird because when i was uh i was at u-dub i'm pretty sure it, there was all of them allowed alcohol except for one um as long as you had someone in your room that was 21 right and then they were it was supposed to have a a limit to like how much one person could consume at one time. But, you know, that gets a little bit like how much can one person consume? (laughs) Challenge accepted. Right.
2: We're also talking about geography there. I mean, I went to school out in a small town in Iowa. I mean, those Iowans, they have have a different lifestyle out there. Yeah, that's for sure. They definitely live a lot slower of a life.
1: Yeah, Yeah, expound on that. I want to hear a little bit more about that because, you know, we are from more of a rural area in Washington, so it's not quite as fast as the big city, Seattle, or anything. But I, I imagine it's much different than, you know, Midwest, Iowa.
2: Well, yeah, one of the one of the things I kind of found funny, which was a lot of my uh, friends, dads, and whatnot out there. Um, after work, they would go to the bar and have a drink. They wouldn't go home, they would go to the bar and have a drink. And at first, that seemed really weird, like to me, raised out here, like, oh, your dad's an alcoholic. It's like, no, they weren't out there getting drunk. What they were doing is they were de-stressing from a long, hard, physical day Yeah, out working. And so then they would go home and be in a good mood. So they actually had a better home life in a lot of these cases hmm. to where they're not going home and just bitching to their wives.
1: Right, yeah, because yeah. then you're – you're. Uh, wow,
3: that's such an interesting – They're also supporting their local economy while they're doing it. <laughs> <Yeah. Exactly. laughs>
2: and and they're talking with other dads over there, and they get all that crap out before they go home, and so when they go home, they're happy. They're yeah. happy to be home with their wives. Huh, that's good.
3: That's interesting.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I guess as long as you don't take it too far, you know, everything in moderation and that, then, exactly. like, that's a just – yeah, I think that's something that out here – everyone's kind of a little bit more of a loner i would say is there's not quite as strong a sense of community right um and so i think that strong sense of community is probably probably more important than we give it credit for out here you know i would agree with that
2: yeah yeah definitely
1: and i imagine the the people are still spread out relatively far like or was it more of a more tight knit because out here like the closest farm is like mile up the road you know something like that where you've got a little bit more distance but you know
2: they they were a very tight-knit community, but they were a lot more spread out than here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and gossip in a small town travels far, <laughs> let yeah. me tell you that. <laughs> but I, I worked for a tiling company, which out there is, you know, you're in the cornfield looking for the tiles to drain the water out of the cornfields. Oh. And they would be like, okay, you go over jo- Farmer Johnson's uh, hill over there, you take a right, you hit Farmer George, take a left, and you hit Farmer jo- John down the street, and then... You go right over through his creek, over that hill, and there's your leak in his cornfield. <sighs> I'm sitting on the CV radio like, where the heck did he just send me? I'll just follow you, bub. <laughs> and he knew exactly where to go and would find that wow. leak in the cornfield. <laughs>
3: huh. huh. yes. They do directions a little differently, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: they go by people's properties.
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's so cool, you know? I Just... Knowing who your neighbors are—that's a—that's a good thing to do, you know. A strong yeah. sense of community. We've yeah.
0: lived here for three year, four longer years, longer than five that, five years, six yeah, years, something like that. You, like you guys been six. here like six or seven years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever met the neighbors. Cross
1: <laughs> well, our little brother goes and plays with them. Plays with that their sounds son, kind of bad. Plays with their son <laughs> every once go. in a while. But I've never met them. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. It's kind of. I say weird. hi to the kid when he comes over, but yeah, otherwise that's it. It's like, oh. Yeah. Oh. See, I go out of my way to
2: try to meet all my neighbors and shake hands with them and see what's going on with them and you know because I uh, I have my neighbor. He helps me out almost every day and. He's not doing too well health-wise, and when he's out getting surgery, I'm going to look after his mom for him. We help each other out up up okay. where I'm at.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's yeah. good. That's like stronger sense of community you're probably bringing back from Iowa to some degree. Yeah. Well,
2: he, he's also kind of one of those uh, Midwest people, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah.
1: Is he so. from out there, too? or?
2: No, I, I, I don't really know where he's from, but I know he was a drug enforcement cop for a long time oh, huh. and a race car driver. Oh, oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Right cool
3: career. Yeah.
2: It is.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's something that older people have a stronger sense of as well. You know, like if you – a lot of older people aren't quite as afraid to just go up and say, oh, hey, like, I like your car or like, you know – that's a uh, that's a cool uh, thing you got going there. Let me, t- let me tell you about it or they'll overhear your conversation and be like, oh, yeah, I know all about that. You know,
2: no, you're exactly right, because I, I uh, my neighbor's name is Keith mm-hmm. and uh, I was working on my truck the other day and he comes up. He goes, hey, my shop's about done.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: He goes, here's a passcode to my shop. That way, when it gets cold out, you have a nice warm place to work on your truck.
1: Oh wow! What wow. a good
2: guy! Yeah, he says if you don't have the tools you're looking for, then you don't know what tool you're looking for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so cool.
3: What um, I find interesting about like what you're saying earlier with uh, in Iowa, how it's like, oh yeah, swing through uh, George's farm and, <laughs> uh, and and then you'll find John's farm, is that over there it seems like they're not so worried about kind of shady people.
2: Mm. Well, yeah, I would I would have to agree with that a little bit, but. You're also talking about it gets negative 40, 50 degrees in oh, the yeah. winter. Oh. So you're not too worried about some homeless person sleeping in your <laughs> field. <laughs> you're not going to make something. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah.
3: I didn't consider that. That's
2: funny. Yeah. No, they they don't quite have that issue like yeah. we do out here. And not to mention, you always get like tornado warnings. So I know my... Uh, one of Our wrestling team captain, he actually coaches for my college now. There was one time there was a tornado warning out there, and he was out on the highway, so he had to pull over right then and there because tornadoes were touching down. And he oh. knocked on the nearest house he could, and he said, Come on, bub, we've got food and water for you. Let's go down to the basement. Huh? Wow. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, around here you'd be very hesitant to do that at first. You know, you never know who you're getting into. Oh, um, yeah, we of. have food and water. Come down to the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Wait, you have a basement in Washington? <laughs> well, yeah. That In Washington, if somebody has a basement, you're like, what? Why? Something's going on. <laughs> yeah. <for me> <laughs> what do you keep? down there hopefully not bodies probably know. wine yeah probably wine <laughs> that's true yeah got a lot of wealthy retired people out yeah. here with wine actually cellars well there's th- a lot of that and th- a lot
2: of moons st- moonshine still <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They,
0: they have a cellar here in washington they're probably growing something
2: well yeah mm-hmm. More than likely. well you need the heat for that that's not down
0: in the cellar yeah uh, yeah. yeah
1: well <laughs> <laughs>
0: well you do have grow lights you you're right yeah you're, you're that one i, would, I wouldn't know oh uh, man so I guess uh, speaking about Washingtonian architecture, you're uh, rebuilding a house right now. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> it's a everyday process. Oh, right on. It will be for a while. Yeah, <laughs> right.
4: yeah
1: what, kind of work, what kind of work have you done so far, and what kind of work do you have left?
2: Okay, so I have basically a road that goes straight up to my carport, but then I also have one that goes, uh, a road that goes down around the house to where it used to be a garage. Now it's a sliding glass door. I made that into my little man cave. I've got a nice. uh, pool table down there. We shoot pool on the weekends. Sweet. And that road, you needed four-wheel drive to get back there and I put 48 yards of rock in and got that professionally graded out, and so now you can actually drive back there in a car. Sweet. Um, One of the rooms didn't have flooring, and it was Seahawks colored with a neon green trim. Oh, no. Yeah, the other room had the one-inch thick, purple shagged carpet.
1: Oh boy. Welcome from the past. So it's been, right. it's been a while since this this bad boy got updated. Yeah,
2: no, half the electrical didn't work and they just replaced one light uh light fixture in there and forgot to tie in the other wires. Did that the rest turned on. And just little things like that like like I said the pur- the purple shagged carpet that was out in probably a month. Yeah, Not that even. makes sense.
1: That's not something you want to deal with.
2: Yeah, Yeah, both of those rooms got brand new flooring, got it painted. Actually, one of the bedrooms had the washer and dryer in it, which I don't know why that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) But that got moved out of there, too. Yeah, that's
0: weird. Do you remember a few years ago when the Seahawks had this like really good year and they went to the Super Bowl and everything?
1: Yeah, and they won.
0: Yeah, yeah, they won the Super Bowl and stuff. Right. Why did people paint? their $200,000 investment to be the color of the Seahawks. Of one good year. Because <laughs> they're bandwagoners. <laughs> one good year,
1: yeah. yeah. It's, uh, that's a weird phenomenon. Um, We've got crazy fans out here.
2: I, yeah, I think they're everywhere. I'm not going to lie, though, now that we're on that topic, I'm a Patriots fan and I love Tom Brady. Oh, yeah? Okay, one thing. One cool thing about Tom Brady is he is one of the lower-paid quarterbacks. Really? Really? I believe I wouldn't so. expect that, huh? Yeah, because um, there was a, he could have always bargained for more, but I remember seeing a quote from him that he'd rather get paid a little bit less and give it to his receiver, oh. so that he could get a good team. Right,
1: because that receiver is going to make him look really good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's such a that's such a good philosophy too. Because honestly, I mean, if he ends up looking like he's the best quarterback, you know, and he, arguably best quarterback, right? Um, so. He takes a little bit of a cut from the team, but then in sponsorships and all that kind of stuff, he can make up for that by a lot, you know, because he's yeah. he's getting those nice deals going, and you right, know, right. He, he is isn't he like a Wheaties athlete,
0: like uh, Tom Brady? That sounds familiar. Something like that. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Peyton, Peyton box, Manning, maybe. but uh, yeah. uh, you I know. think
2: you are talking about no uh, Peyton Manning isn't he Pizza
0: Hut? Oh maybe. Oh I yeah. <laughs> maybe. yeah. But you're not painting your house red, white, and blue. And if you did, then no one's gonna think that it's because of your <laughs> <laughs> you're a Patriots fan. Yeah, no, I'm a big
2: fan of the Fourth of July. Not going yeah. I, <laughs> I have a little red, white, and blue paint out in my front yard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady is number sixteen on the th- top paid QB. Sixteen. Yeah, oh, well.
1: so I mean, considering how good he is, he should he should probably be up there a little bit higher.
2: All right. Well, he's uh twenty five million dollars where Patrick Mahomes is forty five million. Whoa. Russell Wilson has thirty five million. Wow. Okay, so he's paid ten million less than Russell Wilson. That's that, wild. and for being arguably the best quarterback, he's got what, seven rings now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that man could get paid a lot more than Russell Wilson. Right. Yeah, he's over there like, no, let's get a better team so I can win that Super Bowl.
1: Wow. Uh, That's that's that kind of dedication to, like, winning, you know? That that makes for a good quarterback. I'm
2: going to say, I've heard rumors he's coming back to the Patriots.
1: Really? Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, Kevin Kraft was out there saying that uh, he's excited to get him back.
1: Wow, that's kind of weird. So you think he just left for a season just to be like, ah, I can do it without the Patriots, just to prove himself, and then...
2: I, I, What I think it was was I think him... I I don't really know. I think him and Kraft didn't get along too well. And then uh, they kind of, after a season, simmered down and came back and, you know, reconvened. Gotcha. So, if it's not not
0: too personal... Shot through the hand, and you're to blame. (laughs) Brian, you've got to be one of the few people that I've met who has actually been shot.
2: Yeah, so uh, I put a, uh, for you guys who don't know, I put a 45 hollow point round through my thumb. Mm. Spent the last 18 months rehabilitating that and six surgeries, um, mainly because one of my bone grafts failed and I broke the plate. So I had to go back in and get another round. Uh, yeah, no, basically I went to go put down an animal, animal kicked the gun and racked my left hand with his head. And so I'm falling forward and pop, there it goes as my ar- two arms swing together. Oh no. Just happened to get it just right. And Jesus. it was kind of funny cause I remember just telling myself it's a vibration of the gun. It's a vibration of the gun. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Oh crap.
0: Oh uh-huh, yeah. I did wow. that.
2: I turn around, look at my buddy, and go, I just shot my hand. He goes, one second. Turns around, starts laughing. I go, excuse me? No. I shot my hand. And he goes, yeah, one second. Starts laughing. So I took off my shirt, started wrapping it up, and then he came back to it and was like, okay, let me help you out with that. Oh, my God. Oh, like wow. he, needed, he needed a minute. Yeah, he needed a minute because it was one of those he didn't know how to react. And so he's oh, just kind of like, huh. uh yeah,
1: one second there, bub. Well, that's good that you had somebody with you. Yeah, because, man, were you, like, out in the middle of the woods somewhere, or what was the
2: situation? Yeah, allegedly, uh, allegedly gonna say that okay i would have been uh deer hunting with my bow and i was told it was okay to put it down with my hand uh, after it was already down and dying right found yeah. out afterwards that's not the case right for uh obvious reasons now <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> gotcha.
1: yeah so yeah what can you tell us a little bit about that experience like just just go into it
2: um really uh, right off the bat is y- y- when you get something that in depth, you have to make a uh, you have to make a choice. Yeah, are you gonna feel sorry for yourself, or are you gonna get back on that horse? And you can sit there moan and groan and cry and whine and whatever else you want to do, go down the rabbit hole. But if if you don't get back up on like, you've just got to get back up on that horse. Is basically <laughs> what I'm getting at, because uh, life's gonna take you in just terrible direction. So, uh, right then and there, I started cracking jokes about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What else can you do, right? I mean... Right. Well, um, it was one of those where... I You I know, okay, oh, so they took me to Forks. Forks pretty much hid from me. They didn't want to deal with it, and... That went out to Harbor View. That's supposed to get airlifted. There's a storm in Seattle, so I end up saying, "Screw the ambulance." My brother's couldn't take me, so my brother drove me. Wow, thank you, actually. <laughs> and they let
0: they
1: let you do that? They're like, yeah.
2: ah, well, all they, right. they can't not. Uh, oh, that's that'd be kid- kidnapping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, what was the average mile per
3: hour on that drive?
2: Um, I was a little bit upset with my brother on that one. We actually got passed up a couple times. Oh no! Um, <laughs> and I started to unwrap my hand, so I oh. was gonna actually uh, flip someone off because uh, <laughs> because they were mad that we weren't going faster but we were trying to there was a slow car in the left lane in uh, front of us uh-huh. and she blared her horn and flipped us off so I want to show her my reasoning <laughs> <for> <laughs> why I wanted to go faster <laughs> <us>. <laughs> right um, but yeah no so anyways I get out to View and I go hey I'm the transfer from Forks and the lady's like you're going to hang on one second I go no I'm not going to hang on one second she goes uh yeah you are i go i got a picture of my hand she goes okay cool i'm like i shot my hand and she goes okay yeah you can hang on i'm like here's a picture she goes oh shit (laughs) um yeah within 15 seconds they got me back there and uh next thing you know my mom comes in i specifically told him don't let my mom in here i don't (laughs) want her to see you oh man my mom comes in okay of course uh and she basically she started crying but when we got her to simmer down cuz they thought they I just grazed myself mm-hmm. and I'll circle back to that in one quick second here and uh basically she goes I bet you're not going to carry hollow points in that round, in in your gun anymore Damn right I will. I know from yeah. first hand experience. Yeah. <laughs> Highly effective first experience. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now you guys got it. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> and uh my dad he he called me, Hey, I'm on my way to work. And I go, Okay. He goes, Well, do you need me there? I go, No, what are you gonna do? Sit around my table, sing kumbaya, go to yeah. work. Yeah. And then uh his his company got the uh pictures before he did and they called him into the office saying what the heck are you doing here and showed him the pictures.
1: Yeah oh man, oh, man. yeah he
2: was a little bit upset at me for that one. <laughs> I
0: bet
1: yeah that's that's a like I, I think I saw some of those pictures. Not a beautiful sight. No it's that's
2: not. yeah that was brutal. I do have to give a shout out to there's a couple people. First of all, there was a there was a nurse over in Forks Okay. She heard about it, and her son and her her dad were uh, shooting right next to where we were hunting. Mm-hmm. And she called them thinking it was them. Oh, yeah. Are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? And they go, no, that wasn't us. She goes, there's someone on that road that that happened to, and they were actually off-duty EMTs, and they were the first responders. Oh, uh, yeah. And wow. they helped me get That's out. That's cool. They helped me walk out of those woods. Um, the next person is the male nurse that was over there at Herb- or over there in Forks. He was awesome, because I I my, I called my brother first. He was already in Forks by the time I even called my mom. Okay, so I called my mom and go, Hey mom, just want to let you know I'm on my way to Harborview. She goes, What? Why? Well, it's nothing big. I just need to go get surgery. She goes, Why do you need surgery? You were perfectly fine this morning. Uh, I I had a little gun mishap, but I'm okay. And she starts a little freaking oh, out. What's yeah. going on? And the little the ner- male nurse was tapping on me a little bit. You want me? I go, excuse me here, but I go, yeah, downplay the shit out of it, please. This is my mom. Yeah, I, <laughs> I got you, bub. Yeah, you know he's doing okay. He's talking. You know, whatever. He just downplayed it to where my mom had no clue. Yeah. And, just thought I'd raise it. <laughs> yeah. and yeah, he's nice. gonna be okay. All right. And then when she saw it, that's that's when the ah uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: There's definitely something about seeing your family and. L- in trauma, that uh, is, it's like a psychological thing. It, it, um, you know, I can see people with those injuries every day, all day. Uh, but as soon as it's a family member, it's it, it's different. That's where it trips me up. Yeah. Well, apparently, I was like
2: twelve years behind my tetanus, and oh uh, yeah, oh. And they were like, "Hey, we need to get the numbing medication." I go, "Lady, you haven't gave me the numbing medication for my hand yet. I'm not worried about the tetanus shot." <laughs> <laughs> and the guy was like, "You heard him? Stick the stick needle in." and uh i i will say the funny part with my brother too is so well they want to cut my pants off mm-hmm. they want to get me in warm and i'm like no these, these are my hunting pants he, the guy was like you heard him. if he could take off his pants you let him those are expensive pants yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we take it off they strip me down uh you know because you know you're it was september i got all wet out there and, yeah and so they 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 had me naked and I needed help pulling my pants up because my thumb was – actually, I blew off my thumb bone, so my thumb was just dangling there. So I was having to hold the thumb up and need help getting a pair of boxers on. Yeah. There right. was my buddy and my brother there. And, my—and you know, I wrestled with my brother. We've had the shower, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, Your it, brother's it, right. family up. Yeah. And my brother turns around and goes, you know, I think they missed a spot of paint on this wall. my my, my buddy's over there pulling up my pants for me trying not to look straight at me (laughs) and he goes this is your brother man you're supposed to be helping him out he goes they definitely missed a piece of paint on that wall (laughs)
1: so one thing you haven't mentioned up until this point and i i'm really curious about because sounds like you were handling it super well how bad was the pain it seems like it would be insane but was there just like so much adrenaline going you didn't or what? The,
2: the pain was definitely there um yeah. like I said that's that's one of those things that you you can sit there and feel sorry for yourself mm-hmm. um or you can just suck it up because gotcha. that pain's not going away one way or the other mm-hmm. so what good is screaming what good is crying what good is pouting about it yeah I mean you, you is you just had to suck it up and say this is my life now <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean like I'm gonna get through this. Um, I will say the funniest part. So I had exterior pins hanging out in my hands for, uh, about three, four months or mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And one, uh, you know, for a while there I had some pretty p- bad PTSD where I wasn't sleeping very well. And I, so I'm a very lucid dreamer and I'd come up with new ways. My hand was smashed. Oh man. Oh, it was brutal. But one, one night in particular, I actually rolled over my good hand. All right. And I, I, I fell asleep like that. And I woke up, and it was completely limp. So my good hand went limp, and I almost started crying because I thought I broke the pins out of my hand from this lucid dream I just had. And it just limp. I'm like, I killed my hand. I killed my hand. It's not going to come back. And then I realized it was my good hand, and I couldn't use either one of them. Oh. <laughs> and I was, I was like, it was time to get ready for work, and I couldn't brush my teeth, because one hand's asleep and the other one has pins, in it, and I couldn't move it. So sitting there, I looked like a little T-Rex with little short arms, <laughs> no. and I couldn't pick up my toothbrush to brush my teeth. <laughs>
3: I have okay. I haven't seen these pictures of your hand. Oh, okay. well, I, I I'll, I'll look at them later. I need oh. to keep my keep my dinner like for now. <laughs> okay. Um. So I- explain kind of in detail if you don't mind. Like, where did it enter? Where did it exit? Okay.
2: It pretty much, if you're giving a thumbs up, it's pretty much like that between that last or the.
1: That last that?
2: knuckle in your thumb. Yeah, like, like but right? not not on the high end, the low end, the right. little knuckle on your thumb and your wrist, right through there, and oh. I completely shot through that bone and actually split it in half, all the way up to that knuckle. Oh wow! Yeah. Huh. And when I was I was I was sitting there looking at my bone and my thumb just flopped down. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Going. Uh, the only actually, they, the only reason they said I could save my thumb is because I could move it like an eighth of an inch, huh? Geez. And uh, yeah, no, they uh, they told me when I went into the first round of surgery that there's a possibility I was waking up without a thumb, hmm. And sign your papers, psycho. Okay, yeah, okay, um, take that off the list and I'll sign your paperwork, buddy. Looks at me like, what. Take that off the list. Take amputation off the lip, the list there, and I'll sign your me- the medical papers. He goes, Bob. You don't get a choice. You might wake up without it. Yeah, that I was didn't... brutal hearing.
1: Yeah, I bet that made it hard to like actually go into the surgery. Yeah.
2: You know? Well, and I think the hardest thing going into that first surgery is so I shot it on Sunday, with surgery Monday morning, and a little oh, spoiler I here: I was back to work on Tuesday. Jeez. Yeah no way, yeah, I was back within forty eight hours of shooting myself.
0: the doctor told you not to right <laughs> uh, out of uh cur- you don't know it, it will hurt him out
2: of courtesy for my doctor and a local doctor in town that signed me a uh uh light duty form because I wanted oh, to go back to work i won't leave i won't mention any names there because that guy really did me a solid mm-hmm. but uh
1: yeah no that, that's so that's incredible that they were able to do that like. That's insane. Yeah.
2: Well, well, anyways, back, back to the one thing I was saying, the hardest point of that first surgery was I was sitting in a room I did not know in a, in a city I was not familiar with in a place that I didn't know anyone. Okay. And so the whole night, and especially for like the first four days, I felt like I was in a dream that I couldn't wake up from. Because I was in this place that was unfamiliar to me. And I was, you know, at that point, they had me pretty drugged up. I mean, I was off all my painkillers by like day three or day four of it. But um, at that point, the first time they, uh, when I was at the doctors, they put fentanyl on me. Mm -hmm. And so with with all that going on and with a no familiar background, I just thought I was in a dream. One terrible dream at that.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
3: I can relate to a bunch of that stuff with like an injury that I've had recently. I want to ask you um what is it what's your what's the functionality of your hand now? Is there any any issues with it or or um what can you do is there anything you can't do anymore?
2: Well, I can hurt so I really can't hold a beer. I have to hold it by the bottom end. Uh, yeah. Um uh, I can't move my my thumb doesn't open, space very well open. Um, but it's kind of funny after going through it, you find ways to do anything you need to do. Hmm. You, you, you adapt and overcome.
1: Yeah. I got
3: to ask you this too. So your left hand sustained the injury. Yeah. Are you right handed? Yes.
2: <laughs> Somewhat so, convenient, right? Yeah. <laughs> you brought up your injury. What, what recently happened to you there?
3: Oh, a couple of years ago, I destroyed my kneecap riding dirt bikes. Like, uh, it, it was a commutated displaced fracture. So that means it breaks into more than four pieces. Yep. And, uh, on the on the left patella That's and uh, nasty one it, yeah, know. it's a rough one. it's gonna be it's gonna be fun later in life.
2: Now let me ask you how yes, is how, how is that getting back on a dirt bike?
3: Um, actually, it's interesting because uh, obviously I didn't ride for a long time after that happened but right I've ridden since, and there was almost no chain there was no like relearning um as soon as I got okay like walking and running again. Which, um, I think that the first time that I ran after the surgery was about two months after, right. I remember like very I remember running for the first time after it was, a, it was a great time. But there's a it's, I guess there's I'm a lot more careful, obviously. I still, I mean, if you're not pushing yourself and having fun, then I mean that's how you get hurt. Right. but that's also part of the fun, right. Um, I'm a lot more careful with gear definitely am not forgetting the knee pads anymore <laughs> it only takes once yeah and yeah. um but it's it's actually interesting in um uh, that when i if i go riding or if i go if i hike a lot or if i go run somewhere it actually it makes my knee feel better than if i'm like sitting in a on a car ride for eight hours oh. that that really bugs it but if i go and actually am active on it it doesn't, it's It actually, it feels good afterwards. So that's funny
2: you say that because bringing out the uh, kinesiology side of me there. What is that, by the way? A uh, study of human body movement with an emphasis on like coaching endorsement. Okay. Um, and the more you exercise, it release those endorphins in you to make you feel better to where if you're sitting around, you're not using that joint. So you're not constantly getting that blood flow to it and you're not releasing those endorphins for you to feel better. That's why when a lot of people, they stay dormant for a while and they go out and get exercise, they, it uplifts their spirit a little bit. Totally.
3: No, that's, um, yes. Yeah, sitting down on like a plane ride or, you know, if, if I remember like I was sitting through these classes for this job a while ago and, uh, it's like just really aches. But if I'm running around all day, I don't even notice it. It's like, it never happened. Almost sometimes right. it's a, I would say it's about 90% of what it was or of like the other knee.
2: That's good. That's good. So,
3: but yeah, that's, um, it's a whole different story. I, w- with like a hand injury, I, um, would be terrified of a hand injury cause I, I make my living with my hands, you know, right. work on stuff. So, um, something like that would really, it, it must be, well, You've recovered nicely, it seems like.
2: Yeah. Well, one good thing I have to say is I drive a stick shift, and thank God I didn't get pulled over with that big cast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so this – you feel free not to get into this, but I'm a little bit curious how that impacted you emotionally afterward because it seems like <sighs> at least for a while – yeah, and again, feel free not to answer because I know this is like – that's a it's a probing question
2: no it's that's a fair question and i'm an open book there to be honest i have to go back to that good old saying fake it till you make it Mm -hmm. okay because the more you push it like it doesn't work for everybody but and i had it's at the point where i was able to push it off until i was ready to talk about it Mm -hmm. and and just say, kind of screw everybody. I'm going to make it through it. No one... It, when I had this injury, no one knew what I was going through, really. None of my friends have ever been through this extensive of uh, of uh, just injury. injury. Yeah. yeah, And so, I couldn't really talk to anyone. And I didn't want that feeling of pity. Mm-hmm. So, my family already didn't understand. So, I couldn't talk to my family. And I felt like I already put them through enough. So, it was one of those things where fake it till you make it. And... All of a sudden, when you're not constantly thinking about all that negativity, it just kind of brushes off your shoulder.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. That's, that's good that you're able to find a way to like make it through that side of it without, you know, without like having a, a whole really bad impact, you know, like you found your own way through it. Right. So you that's...
3: almost don't want to share the negativity that you're experiencing and, right. and the suffering.
2: Right. Well, and, um, and honestly, I, I think the funniest part about it is it, it made me a better person. It, it humbled me quite a bit. Because oh, yeah. there was a while there where at any given instance, like, the wrestler in me was puff up your chest and be like, okay, you want to go? Let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But once I had this injury, it kind of opened me into other ways of delegating and kind of looking at other things and saying, not my pig, not my farm. I'm going to stay out of this. Or Let, let's, let's talk about it, bub. What's going on? Yep. Yeah. Huh. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's... yeah.
3: It can be. It, it it was so so humbling for me. You you really learned that you're not invincible, and that exactly know, no matter how crazy cool you think you are, that you're you can get hurt. Things can happen.
2: Uh, exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing that, because I think that's like important for people to hear and like you know realize that there's more than just like more than just the physical side of things. You know, there's like a whole <laughs> a, a whole mental thing. You know? I
2: would say mental was harder than the physical. Yeah. Big big time, dude. Yeah
3: that the 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 whole recovery um like dealing with the whole recovery thing and just like being having downtime and having to like sit there and think about all these things well, it just
2: and that's one reason I went to work so fast, yeah mm-hmm. absolutely is, is don't give yourself a chance to think about it, find a way to get past it, go to work, keep your mind occupied, and keep going until you're back on top of that horse,
1: right on well put yeah. Um, so Ryan, you were talking a little bit earlier, you have a buddy that had a, kind of a similar experience. A very
3: similar experience. Uh uncannily similar. Um I used to work with this guy at a, a, a couple jobs ago and um he really big firearm enthusiast. He he builds like a lot of AR fifteens and stuff, uh super, super crazy into guns and uh I think that the I'll try to recollect the story, he I mean we had always, I had always heard about this guy's injury. And it's like, oh yeah, um, you know, he has a hard time like doing certain things because his hands all screwed up. And he's like, and then like, just ask him, just ask him the story, and he'll tell you. So the story was that he, he was looking at these old guns that was in some guy's safe. It was it, it was a gun that had been stored away for a long time. He he literally pulled it out of a safe or out of a box, and it was a little uh, derringer, which is like a flint, uh, a flintlock like two shot pistol. Yeah, um, like a flintlock pistol uh like a muzzleloader pistol Uh, okay Uh, i don't know much about those but and he i think he, he said that he was being really careful with it and he just brushed it wrong and the gun somehow went off or he was testing the hammer and and the gun was loaded and it went off he didn't know it was loaded and the bullet which it's a derringer so i don't know if that would take like a like a lead ball or an actual like a wad cutter type bullet but um i don't know all the details on it wasn't like a hollow point or anything and it wasn't jacketed so i don't know how it affected him but the bullet went through like his palm and it went through his arm and bounced around kind of oh. that's the way he described it is it kind of it kind of follows things yeah and it, it, it like did a cyclone inside of his arm basically and then came out uh near his like his elbow and he lost a bunch of i mean he He's pretty much recovered he, he there's a couple things he can't do with his hand he has a big numb spot all across his arm because n- nerve damage
2: yeah I've uh, got quite a bit of that going up my fingers I got a
3: big old half my knees numb I'll never right. feel it uh, again which is, is what it is but and uh, he fully recovered I mean he he has uh, not as much mobility he he gets sore easily doing certain things but uh, he came back from it and he can talk about it and joke about it and it's it's just something that happened you know well that's kind of's got what the you same kind of he's got the same kind of mindset where it's you know it is what it is. You is can't do much about it. it's 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 already happened
2: right you gotta stop looking at the negative side of things' everyone has a negative story, everyone has a reason to put their head head in the sand and not want to deal with life mm-hmm. but it's an easy thing
3: to do right it it takes a lot more takes a lot more out of you to actually look on the look on the positive side of things and take the good out of the situation
2: exactly, yeah. Well, awfully quiet over there, Mr. Cody.
3: Yeah, well, right. we have we have some things to ask Cody. We oh, do. Yeah. We do. That's that very us, significant.
2: That brings us into our ne- next uh, segment oh, over here. It I does. I, I, uh, I recently <laughs> got married over there. Brian, How's that Brian's going? Brian's natural. That's
0: great. Yeah. You know, uh, nothing quite like the married life.
2: So. <laughs> well, I'm okay. glad you sound so happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean you might get a little slap when you get home. Uh, that. You know what? <laughs> I'm
0: I'm still um I'm still coming back from my honeymoon. We we just got back a couple days ago. What day did you get married? Uh we got married on May eighth was gotcha. a saturday
1: okay you better remember that date now <laughs> well, I, I have hey, a reminder keep it, on
2: my it, phone uh, yeah you, you <laughs> also might want to put it like on next year's calendar in case you lose your phone well what's great about <laughs> it
0: is that it is three days after my grandparents anniversary
2: and you remember that
0: uh yes <laughs> now now I, now I will uh and also it's right around Mother's Day so I just have to remember one of those three days ahead of time and we'll be good <laughs> but no it's it's awesome uh her and I have been together for coming up on five five years now uh so it was it was about time uh I mean I realize we're pretty young uh, we're both twenty one. But um, you know, she's... see that that
2: that I've got a great question for you because yeah. I've met like plenty of uh, plenty of people who got married at like nine years in, and some people got married after three months. When do you feel like that perfect time hit you? Great question. Like, was it just was it just time and knowing you're compatible, or was there a specific moment where you were like, "I'm gonna marry this woman"?
0: Really, the only thing that was holding me back was uh, a career. Um, I wanted to have some sort of financial stability where I know that. So you uh,
2: can take care of her. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That was it. Um, Otherwise, we would have been married uh, a while ago like before. But it's good that we waited because uh, we had a good savings uh, built up for a nice honeymoon and a great wedding. And even with COVID restrictions and everything, it turned out to be a fantastic wedding. And I will never forget seeing her walk down the
2: aisle. That's awesome. We're going to circle back to that a little bit because now we've heard about the younger brother's wedding. Uh, What's going on over there? The pressure is on.
1: (laughs) I I have a girlfriend. We're not planning on getting married anytime soon.
2: Hint, hint to his girlfriend listening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's... I think... Everybody kind of knew that Cody would probably get married before me. <laughs> it's it just fair. yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that ah uh, well yeah that's that's just kind of our dynamic a little bit, you know, like yeah, it is what it is, we're just different
0: people, yeah, yeah, and Carr and I had been together for so long, that right, yeah, it's like kind of felt like we were married at times already. <laughs> <laughs> What what is that supposed to mean, yeah, like, yeah. I mean that kind of oh. seemed like <gasps> well we would bicker like an old married couple uh-huh. <laughs>
1: yeah and you guys had a good like friendship relationship too
0: you know, oh yeah it wasn't, absolutely yeah. It should, um, you know your your spouse should be your best friend really um,
2: I thought it was supposed to be your brother well you know what <laughs> you know what
0: I was saying I'll, I'll tell it to you after the uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah, but like, what do they say after after two years? The like kind of romantic love starts to die down, and uh, that's when like the true like that's when. It gets a
2: little bit harder. Yeah, You're think, feeling you feel know, uncomfortable with each other, so right. you start pushing some of those boundaries. Right. right. I think like, you
0: start thinking about the future more and, and like, hey, where do, where do we want to end up later on? And then you start talking about, well, uh, what are we going to name the kids? And you know, right. how many are we going to have? So, yeah.
1: So you move on from, like, just, like, from romance and, like, having a, a kind of that puppy love still. Yeah. yeah. And that puppy love kind of develops more into a companionate love like yeah where you're absolutely. like all right hey now we have to build a life together either we or or we need to break up Yeah, like you know so i think you know the fact that you guys made it five years you're well past that sort of initial fireworks stage and it was like yeah time to put up or shut up to a degree
0: yeah absolutely yeah i'd agree with that cool
1: yeah so now that you're all moved in together you guys uh gonna get a puppy or something
0: no, no, we can't have one in the house, which is weird because, you know, you can have a baby in the house, but you're not allowed to have like a cat. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, well, uh, I'm
2: going to have to say cats are pretty destructive and you should be thankful you can't get a cat. OK, infants,
0: <laughs> infants are the most destructive beings on the planet.
1: You
2: think so? Oh, I don't yeah. know. I, like, I I know quite a few babies, and none of them ate the cords to every power <laughs> oh, no. device in the house. Well, at least <laughs> when a cat does it, it's on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a difference. <laughs> you still got to go to every store in this town to find that one power yeah, cord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right.
1: Uh, so, Brian, you
2: have a cute little pupper. I do. He's actually what about ten months old now? Oh my god! Yeah, he's a he's a cute little husky, uh, and his uh, name Duke. Duke, I yeah. like it. No, uh, actually, that that that's kind of a funny story there because after the last round of surgery, he, he ran away. <gasps> oh uh, no! And I had to get him a dog collar. Mm-hmm. So after my last round of surgery, I okay that um, I took one, one painkiller. In the last three surgeries, and it was because my mom is a terrible driver. <laughs> and she Ooh. mandated that I take one for the drive because she hits every pothole on the way home. Okay, from, mm-hmm. dr- drive from Seattle. There's a lot of potholes, people. Let me tell you, it's mm-hmm. not fun.
1: No, yeah. They really need to get out here and fix these roads. But anyway.
2: Anyway, so I she mandated halfway through I take one of my pills, and I did. And I said, okay, we got to stop by Petco. That way I can get Duke's thing. And he, that's that's what my mind was on. So since his name was uh, Duke, where I couldn't figure out how to get the whole engraving thing. I've never had an animal before. <laughs> Apparently you got to buy the tag first and then get it to the engraver. And I go over there. And I had my mom so flustered; she left the store. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no! And to the point, people were looking at us because. <laughs> What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> because I put Duke on there, and again, I was I, I was a little bit out of it. I go, I'm putting Duke F apostrophe. Yeah, the ras Duke F and Wayne, on his dog collar. And my mom goes, Brian, do you really want anybody who finds your dog to see that? I go, Yeah, because he's Duke F and Wayne. <laughs> and the people at the store now are looking at us. My mom's beat red and had to leave the store. <laughs> to that point, I went over to Home Depot right across the store and started buying some plants. And my parents called me, Where are you? I'm like, Oh, I'm outside the Home Depot now and had to make my dad load up the plants into the car. <laughs> <laughs> I just got out of surgery. <laughs> My parents are like, what the heck is going on with this boy today? So
1: you you're gonna blame that one on the on the oxy or something like that? Is that is that
2: the? Oh no, I'd probably still do it, but <laughs> <laughs> it just gave me that encouragement right. to hit the trigger on it. <laughs> I
1: see, I see, gotcha. Hopefully, you have like. Address on oh there I got too. my
2: uh, <laughs> I I got my name on it my address my phone number oh, okay. and on the backside Duke F and <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> like I said I didn't spell it out we got a little courteous for the neighbors <laughs> yeah exactly that that's good, <laughs> that's good.
0: Yeah, I think uh, drugs don't make you do things they make you more likely to do things that you would have done already uh, <laughs> you got a fair point interesting. but it, if you got a dog named Duke I
2: mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you didn't. You didn't go with Duke Nukem, though. I mean, <laughs> no.
2: You, yeah, I, I went back to Duke Wayne. Ah, I see. That's
1: a good call. Ryan, you haven't talked about your heckin' pupper yet, have you? Oh, um,
3: Hudson? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever talked about my dog. No,
1: talk about him. I want to hear.
3: I got a yeah. I got a really uh really mellow black lab named Hudson. Uh, he. Oh gosh, how old is he now? Uh, I think I got him when I was thirteen or fourteen. So he's like nine, and uh he's a he's a great dog he's not much of a retriever um although he is he's a he's not much of a retriever even though he should be (laughs) um but he's really good at like sitting in the work truck all day keeping an eye on things uh he he bites, but he only bites oh. food out of your hand. Oh, okay. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. Oh, I was a little bit worried there for a second. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's what I hate about my dog. He thinks everybody's a friend. Mm, yep. And it's like I I don't want everybody to be his friend. I'm afraid someone's gonna take this beautiful husky. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had a friend just walk into my house the other day. Oh <laughs> and he this my dog's never met this guy before. Okay? No barking I, or nothing? I know this guy quite well. Okay. I'm getting out of the shower, nothing, no bark, nothing. So then I go downstairs, and mind you, downstairs, there's, it's just me down there. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I hang the towel up, and <laughs> yeah, I walk okay. downstairs, and there's my buddy petting my dog, and I've got nothing <laughs> on. I'm like, come on, bub, you could give me some kind of warning there's someone here in my house? Yeah. <laughs> so much for alarm. Yeah.
1: Well, you think that's something he'll learn with time, or...
2: To be honest, I don't think so. He's very much of a people. And all the neighbors, like, so when he gets out, first of all, all my neighbors keep an eye on him. Mm. So he goes over to my uh, my neighbor Keith's house. Uh, he actually has a shop right below me, and we talked about. His second story to the loft is an apartment for his mother. He, t- he takes care of her. She's 93 years old now, turned 93 last week. And uh, she feeds him uh, little slabs of turkey. So now every time he runs right up to her And he's actually really great with kids He's really great with elderly people He's awesome But then when he's done with the turkey He runs over to the neighbor right above them And she has a little uh, doggy biscuit she feeds him So all the neighbors around the place Are like encouraging my dog to run away And feed him (laughs) I mean I love that they're looking out for him But at the same time I'm like Stop encouraging him to run away (laughs)
3: oh man he knows his, he makes his rounds knows where to go
1: he
2: definitely does he definitely <laughs> That's does
1: funny yeah, dogs have a habit of uh finding ways to escape
2: well, and believe me, he hasn't got the chop chop, and he's found two other houses around the street that have female huskies. Yeah, I got a couple nasty phone calls about that one. Uh-oh. Yeah, you better watch out. Uh-oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so sounds like you're making friends with some of the neighbors, and the other other neighbors are already ready to get
2: ready. <laughs> no, they really like they really like me, and they really like my dog. They were just more worried about their female huskies. And, yeah, you know, that makes and whatnot. Sense. They actually kept. They the, the nice thing about it is they were, they like I said they were super nice. They called me. Um, it's the only time my dog's ever been in a crate though. Mm-hmm. so he wasn't too happy and i wasn't really that happy because my dog would have come home because he's if he's ran away probably about five times in the 10 months and mm-hmm. whenever he hears my truck mm-hmm. well five times i haven't had to go retrieve him from someone which has been two or three times oh, okay. but um he actually learned to open unlock the sliding glass door and push the sliding glass door wow open. Oh.
4: What a not smart, even, little dog. not even kidding you, it's and not I even had a it, year old. I, yeah, That's I had impressive. it
2: blocked, and he moved a piece of stick behind it and opened it. Still, incredibly smart dog. And but uh, then your doors open, <laughs> right while I'm at work. <laughs> not good. Yeah no but incredibly smart dog and the the times someone else hasn't the minute he hears my truck coming home you saw my truck i Mm -hmm. drive an 85 nissan 720 pickup truck that has like not even half a muffler on it (laughs) so he hears that thing and he comes running right home well the only time he hasn't come running home Is when people lock him up.
1: Yeah, gotcha. So he, yeah, he knows you. He knows when it's time to be a good boy and pretend like he was home the whole time. (laughs) Oh, he
2: pretends like he's home. Like I, I caught him the other day running, or a little while ago running from the neighbor's house, and I caught him on the other side of the property, and that's instantly when his head like sunk down, like oh crap, I'm in trouble. trouble. Yeah.
1: isn't that funny how dogs know when they're in trouble? Like, they know they're being bad. But they're,
2: th- yeah. That's the worst part. You can't you can't do anything about it because he ran home. You don't mm. want to, like, not encourage him to run back home.
1: Yeah. He ran right back tr- up to me and gave me a big old hug.
2: Yeah. How do you discipline that?
1: I know. That's, that's tricky. That's tough. Huh. Yeah, because you don't want want him to get the wrong idea that, like, oh, you shouldn't come home. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you need one of those perimeter shot colors, but I imagine I've heard
2: those are bad for huskies because they run right past them, and it Uh, shuts off, and so when he tries to come home on the lackadaisical, he starts getting uh, shot coming back home. Interesting. So one of my ideas, I actually have two. Now I have security at my house. I can log in at any given point and watch my dog Mm because he's on a 100-foot runner. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is I've pre-ordered one of those... Apple tag things. Have you guys heard about that? No. Okay. It's it's it, like they, a tracker. It's a tracker that they say is the size of a quarter. Mm-hmm. That that you can log on your phone and find exactly where that thing is. So it, it's meant for keys. So you can always find where your keys oh. are. Oh, you I'm going to stitch one into dog. the collar of my dog so whenever he gets out, I can go right and find him, know exactly which house That's he's great. at or where he's, which direction he is, and I can go... Okay, on my maps, he's two blocks over,
1: yeah, yeah, I also imagine one of the next projects is gonna be uh a fence pretty soon
2: <laughs> yeah that's that's coming up, yeah that's coming yeah. up, like I said, a lot of projects, right, yeah, um, but with the good old hand, it's hard to mm-hmm. really dig good fencing in, yeah.
1: Let well, yeah, let us know if we ever need uh, a hand just to dig some holes. <laughs> See what he did there? Yeah, did I a saw hand. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> we we've got lots of experience digging fence
2: holes, so you know. Yeah. So I'm gonna circle this back to Cody over here. We haven't sure. heard too much from him this episode. Sure. So you you brought up you, you're really not going to have an animal, but you already talked about what you're going to name your kids. Is your kids coming up in the future, or uh, is that something you're looking at?
0: You know, yeah, we we would like to have kids eventually,
2: but well, uh, eventually, uh,
0: way to put it vague out, very there. vague, <laughs> yeah, like
2: one of those. She's asking, I'm not. So <laughs> sometime,
0: <laughs> sometime in the future, be it near or far, who's to say? You know, uh, no, we've talked a lot about kids um, right now. Our current living situation is is not ideal for uh having a child we could make it um into something to have a kid but um
2: you know i'm not i'm not too sure so we're we're going back to that financial base where you want to make sure you have a good place and a good environment to raise your kid that's very responsible of you
0: yeah i i don't want to bring them up in uh well i make minimum wage and she works at mcdonald's good she call. actually she makes more hourly than i do <laughs> but um <laughs> you hey, get a
2: hey, lot of overtime but you, you know what true. let's let's not slam on mcdonald's workers or minimum oh, wage people you're you're out there you're having a job you're doing the american dream yeah. and trying to make things work yeah, yeah but good but I, for uh, you i want to progress somewhere I, exactly
0: i want to progress before um before we have a kid and we're expecting twins on the first try, which uh, I'll, I'll let everyone know how that how that goes once we once we have them. But uh, twins run in both of our families. I have my grandfather on my mother's side as a twin and my father is a twin. And then she has twins in her family where it skips generations um, and it like lands on her to have to have though I was gonna twins. say that's
2: weird how you said it uh, like I, I usually I usually thought it did skip skip generations but you said uh-huh. your grandfather and your father
0: yes yeah, so my grandfather on my mother's side and my father is a twin Wow <laughs> yeah so, we got a
1: lot of twins in our family
0: so we'll see we'll see how it goes with with uh, with us having
2: having kids. Okay, and let me let me ask you: You raised in a pretty big family. How, how many brothers do you have and sisters? How many siblings? There's five kids? five kids total. Five kids total. Yeah, okay. there's seven
1: of us. Big old Catholic family. What are you gonna do? Ex- exactly.
2: <laughs> so uh, what's what's your ideal size? What are you shooting for there? You know what? If
0: uh, if the money rolls in for us to have more kids then
2: yeah absolutely we'll have more kids so you're you're one of those that was like you want the big family you want the five or six kids and you want to keep raising you know i've never said it before but i think so <laughs> Okay, <Wow. laughs> you, you wow. heard it you heard it here first uh
0: i want kids i like them um Good that, for
2: you. We'll see if that changes af- after the first. match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I
0: I know for for her it will. She'll she'll give it a year or two, and there's eh, no. We should have another. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. We'll, we'll see I if I only time will tell <laughs> yeah you know that's yeah. kind
1: of that's kind of news to me as well i hadn't heard that before wow this is, truly is uh a, and brian's quite the interviewer <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah you I'm, really I'm, drug it out hey, of it
2: i'm just gonna say over here like sorry for the parents listening but i like to practice i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to have the kids. <laughs> no I, I i actually really do want kids but i want a solid relationship uh yeah. behind me first yeah that's yeah, that's fair
3: Hey, look, Brian, let me ask you this. If you don't mind sharing, uh, what do you do for work?
2: I, I work at CED, Consolidated Electrical Distributor. Um, yeah, no, at some point I might switch over to be electrician, but I'm really happy where I am now. My, my boss lets me – my boss is a very good boss, and I, I don't even like using the word as a boss because he's more of a leader because he's one of those guys that even though he's a boss, he'll get down in the swamps with you and do the dirty work and that's that's a leader that's not a boss know what i mean very true and uh yeah and from there i've learned how to pretty much do a lot of the electrical trade
3: that's yeah. nice yeah yeah that's that's not
1: the demand for that's not going away anytime soon
2: no well right now with the pricing and everything uh, it's it's crazy
1: yeah i'm hoping uh, you know i'm trying to build a house relatively soon and uh it's uh it's looking kind of scary with all the prices of lumber and just prices of everything is going up, well, so it's yeah
2: we've sold a two inch uh PVC which doesn't mean a lot to most of you, but it it was 850 a stick right now it's at 30 bucks a stick. Your 12 two Romex going to all your outlets in your house for the longest time was you know eighty five bucks a roll for 200 feet and it's it's over about $200 it's $235 Man. right now yeah. how are, how is the middle class uh, supposed to, middle low class supposed to build anything
1: yeah it's getting
3: really crazy that's yeah, really okay. going to slow down expansion and, and people building it's going to turn a lot of people away from building when they kind of had planned on it mhm um i'm i'm raising that exact boat.
1: i am it's kind of rough yeah. i'm like i'm looking at the way prices are going and it's like dang do i really want to spend an extra you know Twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars, just just for things to fall apart, and who knows how long. And
2: yeah, I hate to tell you, bub, you just lowballed those numbers big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's more know, like it's horrible. For the same price, for the same house size, you, you like like a, a small house. You're like a hundred thousand dollars more now. Yeah, yeah. it's than yeah. than not... you were at least six months a year ago
1: yeah, it's crazy. and so hopefully that comes down a little bit. Oh, I will. I'm wondering now now that um, now that things are starting to open back up again a little bit, I, my fingers are crossed. That the supply side of things is going to grow a little bit, you know, where we'll have more people actually manufacturing things and getting back in there and working. Um, there's one billboard in town that says, like, Stimu- stimulus money run out yet? We've got a job for ya. <laughs> you. Know? So it's yeah. like... It's like yeah. Once I hopefully once people get out there and start working and start uh, producing things again, that kind of stuff will fall back down a little bit. But only time will tell. Only time will tell. <laughs>
3: <laughs> It'd be nice to see things go back to the way they were, but that only time will tell, like
2: you said. Yeah. 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 yeah that's true. Anyways, yeah. Like like with my job there, I've it, it's awesome. Um, my boss lets me make my own mistakes and teaches me through them and like i said for my wrestling he lets me offer anything wrestling i want so if i've got a duel and i tell him i need to be off at noon today i'm the only legal driver for our box fan right now and he says you know what we'll make it work brian you go to your wrestling that's important to you and he recognizes what's important to people and he says i don't care what it costs us you're our investment Right. Wow. And uh, he does a good job of keeping us happy. And you don't find that too often. Exactly. That's good. And it makes you want to work harder for your job. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: That that's it almost sounds like you got a job that works for you in a way. You know, it, yeah. it really like, does. Like you're working for them, but they're also working to keep you happy and keep you around. So that's a that yeah, that's a one in a million job. <laughs> yeah, it it yeah. really is.
3: That's, that speaks a lot for um the the strength of a good leader and what that can really do for people. Yeah. And, um, you know, people, if someone goes out of their way for you, you will want to go out of your way for them.
2: Exactly. And
3: it's a it's just a it's a reciprocating thing, uh, showing respect to people who work for you, or work under you.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it, we've all had those jobs where you get there like, oh, my God, another day in the office, oh, yeah. another day out on yeah. the road, another day. Out. No, on this, it's, it's you go into I go into work every day, pretty happy to have a job and work at the place I do. And it's like, you know what? If I miss a day, I feel bad because I feel like I'm letting down my my coworkers, which are more like brothers. And it's like, you know what? I don't want to make my boss work because he's already such a nice guy, lets me do whatever I want. I'm not going to show up late to work. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to be early. And I'm going to help him out because he lets me do what I need to do. So hmm. it's an interesting philosophy of business that I think it works better.
4: Hmm.
1: Totally. Yeah, that's awesome.
3: Another thing, too, is that um, with with like leadership, I'm sure that, you know, if you slip up and you make a mistake, I'm sure he you know, he he's a a big deal is um, how positive reinforcement is so much more powerful than negative reinforcement. Like, oh, you screwed up. Like, what's wrong with you? Uh, That makes you not like someone if they're if they're like that to you. But if they point out what you do right, um, that is super powerful for right for, for making, you know, making someone actually like someone as a leader. And it's it's just it's such a powerful thing, and it's really it really speaks bounds not only for them as a leader, but like as a person.
2: Exactly, I feel like we found the title of today's power of positivity. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's kind oh, of yeah. been a common theme through everything.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well,
2: yeah. Uh, one thing
0: that my wife has has told me about her she's she has a management position, and she's she has had to take like classes and stuff. And one of the things that they teach is like a compliment sandwich. It's like you, you tell someone what they did right. And then you tell them what they uh, can do better next time. And then you tell them you reinforce the idea of what they did right. So that, that makes people you know, more, more willing to, uh, to change what they did wrong because it's like, Hey, you're, you're doing great. Um, next time let's, let's, Try and do things a little bit more this way, but hey, nice work on what you did.
2: I really like what you did there because that, that took me through 10 different rabbit holes that I thought you were going to go through. First of oh, all, yeah. I thought you were going to come up, hey, well, while we're ending this show, I just got to say I love your wife. <laughs> yeah. Then, you, no, then no. you turned around and you said sandwich. I'm like, please do not make this a wife sandwich. No, no, no no, <laughs> no, no, And then no. you turned it into a po- positive thing. I was like, okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, wait, wait to save that one, Cody yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was oh, sitting man. here Oh, he's going to be in the doghouse tonight <laughs> Oh, no, he saved it again Now back to the doghouse And he saved it again <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
1: Yeah, actually I think we are starting to kind of wrap things up So, Brian What do you have to say for yourself?
2: Oh, I just said This is a fun time being up here And talking with you guys uh, Power of positivity goes a long ways That's my advice Stay positive Keep your head up And keep moving along
1: Lots of good yeah. vibes in this episode. Awesome. Yeah, right on. Do you have any social media or anything you want to
2: shout out? Uh, not. I'll just shout out you guys here. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, on that
0: note, go check out theimpairedupstairs.com uh, if you want to be uh, our next guest on the podcast or if you just want to let us know how we did, uh, what we did right or what we did wrong maybe compliment video. sandwich yeah, <laughs> try out that compliment sandwich visit the contact us page and let us know or you can email us directly at info at impaired check us out on instagram at impaired upstairs we have a snapchat that's at impaired up s there is a character limit so it's impaired up s t r s is there anything I'm forgetting gentlemen uh, you can DM us, too. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Send yeah. us a message on Instagram. Send us a message on uh, Snapchat. We will we will reply.
1: Yeah. It's a guarantee. For sure. Um, also, if you like this episode, uh, follow us on whichever your favorite uh, podcast listening service is, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon Music or Google Podcasts, or you can just go to our website directly and uh, keep keep up with us there. Yeah, Um, and don't forget to share it, you know, all that good, like, uh, social media type stuff. Yeah. We appreciate every bit of it. Yeah, and and we appreciate you listening. Like, it's really great. We're coming up on 300 listens soon. Big Um, numbers. So, yeah, it's... uh, it's fun. I just enjoy doing this. Yeah, yeah, Thanks so much.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a fun time there, and I just always uh, wanted to end this with a uh, good night, America. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, if uh, you know, if we're not out working, then uh, we'll be here upstairs. pay.